Hello, I'm Di Redmond and I'm your host for this season's Songs in the Wilderness. In this programme, we listen to the songs that have influenced our guests throughout their life and have influenced their faith too. Today, I have the privilege of speaking to Dominic Chung, a retired NHS nurse who's worked in mental health, general management, district nursing and was director of nursing for some time too. Dominic, thank you for joining us this morning. I hope you didn't have far to travel to well, be with us. Oh, good morning, Di. And uh, no, um, I could have walked, but I didn't because I was lazy. <laughs> it's not far at all. Um, hello, everybody. And um, thank you, Di and Radio Maria for inviting me. It's a pleasure. Um, it feels really strange talking to yourself. Doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> You're talking to me. <laughs> um well, I don't know where I would begin because I, I've been here since, oh, God knows when. Um, I spend more time in this country than I have ever lived elsewhere. That's extraordinary. Uh, it, it, does, it does seem very strange looking back. I've never thought about it in those terms, about where do I balance the por- or apportion my life and yeah. stages like mm-hmm. that. But... Uh, looking back, it's really quite easy to segment it. Yeah. Uh, well, you did say you arrived... You, I mean, you were, you were speaking figuratively. Well, actually, you were speaking realistically. Um, when man arrived on the moon. Yeah. Now, that seems like, well, such a long, long time ago. It's a good analogy. Mm, because I actually arrived in the week. Uh, we had black and white TV, of course. When they landed, and I watched it on telly. Here? You watched oh, it yes. on telly here, Oh, yes. Right? Again, looking back, it feels to me like I landed on the moon because <laughs> it's just completely yeah. alien. Absolutely. I never thought I would do it, never planned it, but obviously the the astronauts uh, planned it absolutely ages. NASA probably planned it in mid-1950s, uh, mm-hmm. so... Yeah, it's a long time coming. It is a long time coming. But then then you arrive and, uh, I mean, honestly, now we're so familiar with, you know, I- interacting with different groups and being sympathetic and tolerant. Different foods are available. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm sure nobody ever gets used to the climate. Um how was the climate for you? Because it does rain a lot in Hong Kong at certain times of the year. Yeah, in the summer it would be full of typhoons every other day. But we just never notice it because you get on, you get on with it. Mm-hmm. Um, you never knew anything different. Exactly. But then coming here, what was... So where did you, where, where did you first live? I first lived for the first three weeks or so on Miro. <laughs> the old Barclays Bank. Yeah. Uh, I lodged with a friend upstairs. Over the top? Yep. It's very strange when I walk on Miro nowadays, I drive through it, and I looked at that place. It's no longer... I mean, it's not the same place anymore because shop's different, the front yeah, is yeah. different, but the building is still there. Well, you landed right in the hub of it because 
that was sort of Cambridge tech area and also lots of students from yeah, and, from the colleges. And that's how I got to know a number of people and who remain friends to this day, uh, particularly uh, people like uh, Eddie, Eddie Fincham. I might name his name. He still lives around the corner. <laughs> and uh, then... Um, you must have at some point early on, because you arrived when you were about 16, weren't you? No, th- no, no, you no, were younger. No, well, much older. Much older. How old? About 23, actually. Ah, oh, OK. So I wasn't like a young kid. OK, so you must... Did you train to nurse in Hong Kong? No, and then no, pick, no, oh, never. So never, you start... ever, never, never. I, w- I worked in the school for a number of years, about three, or f- three and a half, maybe, in a laboratory. Oh, uh, in a Catholic school um, on the Hong Kong island. And uh, I don't know what prompted me to do it, but I just thought, like most migrants, you, you thought about um, a different set of, um, how shall I put it, challenges? Yeah, that's interesting. Opportunities. Mm. Maybe you could make a better life. Mm. In those days, of course, um, we were under the British, so everybody actually had a British subject passport. Was it red? I can't remember. <laughs> I think it was burgundy. Yeah, burgundy, yeah. I mean, burgundy. Yeah. It was flimsy, mm-hmm. uh, handwritten. <gasps> oh, yeah, no computer. Yet. Of course, yes. Uh, so it was easy if you wanted to come. There's nothing to stop you much. And in fact, that's how... Um, a lot of uh, the restaurant trays, uh, people who work in takeaways, that's a kind of um, era when they first came. Mm-hmm. I, but you, you clearly opted to do something very different. Very different, yeah. And very different for what you've been doing in Hong Kong. Uh, very different. Um, I, in fact, first came to Cambridge and went to work at Patworth. Oh, did in you? In the old village, yeah, yeah. Mi- miles and miles and miles away. Tu- tuberculosis yeah. sanatorium. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's there, was it? Uh, mind you, even then they started uh, operating on pigs, on open heart surgery and heart transplants. Did they? On pigs, experimenting. Uh, I can remember the surgeon's name, uh, Mr Milstein, I think, and Mr Parrish, because I work in theatre sometimes and saw them doing things Did you? that I probably don't want to describe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then um, I trained and I was an enrolled nurse, which was in fact in those days a kind of second-class general nurse. Uh, my senior tutor sat me down as I was literally graduating and I asked him, what shall I be doing? Mr Gillespie... He actually said Dominic. Well, he didn't call me Dominic because in those days you do not call each other Mr. Christian Chung. name. He said Mr. Chong. I actually said to him, shall I go to the Ida Darwin and train as a mental handicap nurse? Well, because you had to do a second qualification yeah, 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 as yeah. a man, actually. Uh, otherwise, you don't get on. Mm-hmm. And he sat me down. He actually said, this is an... Very uncool remark nowadays, but in those days you are never required to be politically correct. So he just said, it would be a waste of your time. Did he? 
Yeah, it's mentally subnormal, he said. You can't say that anymore. No, no, no. But in those days, you could. Yeah. So he said, I wouldn't do it if I were you. And what did he recommend? He didn't recommend anything. So I searched. There was no internet, so I had to think about it. There were books, of course. You could you could do that. Um, and I thought general nursing would be to gain the state registered nurse qualification, yeah. SRN in those yes, days. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. So I applied to Adding Books and I went to see the matron and he said, hmm. And in those days, of course, you were not required to be politically correct. So he said, you're a man. I said, I think I am. <laughs> <laughs> I know I am. <laughs> so I went. He, she clearly didn't think I should be. Or I wasn't even suitable, but I had no interview. All I had was standing in her office. She was sitting down, I was standing up. And she just said, you're a man. Well, I s but I can still be a nurse. Well, yeah, there you go. Uh -huh. But you can't say it anymore. No, I know you days. can't say any of these things anymore. <laughs> I, goodness. <laughs> Treading on ice. So I, I applied to a number of places and I got accepted at um, Wexham Park in Slough. Oh, oh, right, you were sent there or you chose to go? No, no I applied. Oh, OK. Uh, there's no such a thing as allocated. Oh, uh, OK. And, of course, we didn't even go to university in those days. You just hands, went hands and on. apply. And you had uh, what they called um, preliminary training course, PTS, mm -hmm. for two months. Boy, it's lovely. You were in classrooms and... Uh, you didn't get to the ward and didn't get your hands dirty until much later. Um, so Wexham Park was a group of hospitals which consisted of Canadian Red Cross in Taplow. Interesting. Uh, Windsor, King Edward VII. Yeah. And Wexham Park itself. Wexham Park was a brand new hospital in those days. It was really nice. Pretty smart. It must have been quite Very nice. Very smart, but... Mm until you get to Canadian records, which was uh, First and Second World War. Literally, can Canadian troops were nursed and hospitalised in <gasps> Nissan huts kind of thing. When it rains, it's funny, because you can hear all the roof. Pitter-patter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that was fine. Uh, the standard was high, but the building was lousy. And he just reminds me of looking at King's Lynn's uh, on the telly nowadays, a picture of the roof being propped up literally like that, falling, falling to bits. Imagine so the, going backwards rather than forwards. So the NHS was starting, of course. It only started in 1949, mm -hmm. and I was there in the early 70s. So, yeah. so very quite young, early, yeah. quite young. And a lovely training. And because I had already got my enrolled qualification, I had only to do two years. So shortened, but it did take me four years in total. Right. I'm going to stop you there because because um, I could talk to you about this all morning, but we have to play some music and I'd like you to tell me about your first choice. I which think is actually quite riveting. I can't wait for riveting, this. It's uh, riveting because I think my first choice in Cantonese. Yeah. It's the D Gloria. I can sing the first verse for you if you like. Yes. This is the priest 
starting. Tin chi joy tin sao gong wing chi oi tik yan joy sai hang ping on. Oh, Dominic, it's beautiful. I think that's the very, very first time I've heard a Christmas carol in, in Cantonese. <laughs> that was not a Christmas carol. The Gloria. No, but I always think of the Gloria as, um, you know, in ex-Chelsea's yes, day. Yes, true, true, true. <laughs> well, goodness, what a choice. Um, so let's talk about your religious life in Hong Kong and how you've managed to kind of transport that with you into into the UK, or did you kind of leave it in Hong Kong and think, well, I'm done with it? No. Um, I wasn't a baby sort of cradle um, Catholic. I became one when I when my family became one. I was at the age of 13, I think. Oh, 13. Uh, yeah, and um, I was... Can, it, can I ask just why your family became Catholic? I was have it? no idea. Oh, OK. <laughs> it's like those things, isn't it? Why do you become anything? Yeah. Uh, you get drawn into it, and uh, perhaps maybe the the Italian missionaries did a good job oh, where yes. we lived. Yes. Because in those days, there's no Chinese bishop, very few Chinese priests. You either had Italians, Irish, oh, right. or German... Or Americans, actually. They're Merino fathers. Oh, OK. So 
we became one. Uh, we were not really fervent. I suppose functional is the way I would describe it. And then I went into uh, went to um, Salesian school. Oh, you did, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, and um, out of that, I somehow I I might as well tell you that's why I chose Ave Maria as my next song. I went into the Salesian Junior Seminary for two years. Oh. And because we had to get up at six o'clock, say prayer and go to Mass every day, when it, it is a feast day or a local celebration, big day, you can stay in bed for half an hour longer. Oh, thank you, God. <laughs> and to wake you up on those feast day, they play the Ave Maria oh, instead what? of the alarm clock. So what a double whammy. <laughs> and you will know, you will know this is a feast day. Lovely. You will know you just had a lion. Oh, lovely. And here it is.
That was the Royal Philharmonic's Orchestra. Beautiful performance of Ave Maria. Our music choices this morning have been chosen by my guest, Dominic Chung, who is involved in a wonderful initiative in Cambridge. But before we move that on to that riveting, yet another riveting part of your life, Dominic, let's finish with the seminary story and your possible vocation. While you were in Hong Kong, I think. Yes, I was quite young. And um, I think with the Salesian fathers, they do encourage you to think about it. And they've opened up the uh, opportunity. And I spent two years there, happy time, and learned quite a great deal. For instance, a smattering of Latin is one of those benefits. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, in the end, it just, after discernment, I didn't really have that kind of vocation. Otherwise, I would be here as a bishop. Uh, (laughs) But um, talking about the conversion to Catholicism of the whole family, out of that, my younger sister has become a nun. And for quite some time, actually, is now uh, probably maybe more than, I can't remember exactly, but 50 years um, uh, from the time she went in. You don't look old enough. I'm 77. Well, you don't look, <laughs> you certainly uh, don't Anyway, look, let's not talk anyway, about let's that. Not, not, we're not being but, very but, PC again. But, but, but uh, that was a blessing uh, by all accounts and in many, many ways because she went into teaching, started a school, quite successful in shouting, actually, quite well thought of. And people, pupils, students, out of those over the year, she has helped three, I think three, maybe two, two priests out of those years, young priests, brilliant priests, one in the diocese, one in Franciscan order. So quite happy about that it just uh, but talking about myself coming to England mm-hmm. whether I transported that faith I don't really know because um, everything was so strange because the Vatican Council second opened up uh, oh, of course mass and celebration in non-Latin you know in Cantonese mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. other uh, dialect of ch- Chinese uh, so I only started learning those mm-hmm. uh, vernacular and then I moved to England. So I got myself bumped into another lot of fresh vernacular, but in English. Right. So you, you, you made sure you hung on to your faith. I mean, I can imagine that being a very challenging time with everything else. I'm not sure I hang on, because uh, it's very strange coming to England, because every single street and every village got quite a few churches, mm-hmm. but you don't know which is what. Because <laughs> they, they all look really like a Catholic church, but they're not, are they? No, they're not. If you go to St. Paul mm. on Hughes Row, you might think that is mm. one. And you go to St. Andrews, you go to St. Clemens, you go to St. Giles, and you thought, what a beautiful church. And you go to Ely Cathedral and thought, oh, this is wonderful. And you go to all the college chapels. and, and it, it, it's, 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 We're spoilt, but I, I understand what you're saying. So were you always looking out for a sign of the Eucharist or the, the candle? I don't know. You're looking out for the lamb. Uh, absolutely. But, of course, in some uh, high church 
Anglican church, yes. they have exactly the same. They even use the same missile. Yes. It's quite confusing. Uh, but, and then, because I was young, I was lonely. I came on, on my own. Um, gradually, and because nursing has shifts. Yes. It's quite hard work. Uh, gradually, I actually stopped going to church for some time. And, and did, you, did you miss it, or did you just not have time I to miss guilty. it? I felt guilty. Oh, yes. I don't know whether I missed it. I felt guilty. And after a while, you get used to not going. Yes. So you don't think about it. Yes. Uh, I wouldn't know that I lost my faith, but I didn't go to church. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Is that the same thing? I really don't know. I think we've all been there in different ways. Yeah. I, I don't at t- know. In t- at I, I don't talk about it much. Well, but, thank you. Yeah. Well, let's not, let's move on to something that is truly inspiration. Your your uh, wonderful next choice. What? I've, we've got. I ah, love this hymn. Praise to the holiest. Praise to the holiest <laughs> in the height. It's a wonderful hymn. By it's by Saint John Newman, isn't it? Yep. Now, do you know why I cho- chose it? Go on, tell me. Not only because it's a fantastic him and not only because it was a poem before oh i've forgotten that but yes the fact is st john newman was anglican and he wrote these when he was anglican wasn't he and he wrote it in english not in latin oh i'm so glad he wrote it in english it's so beautiful and that's why i chose it and i liked it, it whenever it's sung in hillsrow olam I sang, I sing my heart out. I don't read music, but I can sing it. It's a wonderful hymn. And it's all it's on all the big occasions.
praise to the holiest in the heights. Now, I remember when I first met you, Dominic, you yeah. were galvanising me and Olem. and setting you, you <laughs> And um, rocking the boat. And it was all on behalf of an absolutely wonderful, wonderful initiative um, to help newly arrived Cantonese-speaking Catholics from Hong Kong. And you were passionate about introducing them not just to, you know, the building of the of the, the church, but yeah. integrating yeah. Yeah. so that, you know, Cantonese was spoken, the mass was said in Cantonese, parts of the mass like the Agnes Dei, which yeah. is what uh, Joe Caprani yeah. um, orchestrated, um, and then Stations of the Cross. And this all happened really quickly. I mean, my first contact with you was February this year. Yeah, definitely. Um, middle of January... Uh, Monsignor Eugene Harkness, the parish priest at Olam in mm-hmm. Cambridge, one day after Mars, he said, Dominic, there seem to have been a lot of uh, new people and they all seem to come from Hong Kong. I said, yes. And he said, we must do something. That's and what you he both said. knew about it at the same time? You were both on the oh, observing, same beat? Observing. Oh, OK. But that's what he said. He never said... As he, as you know him, he never said what we're supposed to do. He just said, "Let's do something," mm-hmm. and I just sat down, think about it, think about my own experience when I first came. Yeah, yeah. I said how difficult it would be. You think because we, I was under the British, went to school, you learn English. You thought when you land in England, you know English, but you don't. Mm. Especially spoken and hearing other people mm. with wonderful and weird variety of accents. Yes. Uh, even at church, they don't know half of what the priest is saying, never mind about homily. Even the prayers is difficult. Mm-hmm. So we went about talking, chatting, uh, gathered up about a number of people, and they all said, well, you know, we come to church, but we are fine. We don't need Cantonese. And I said, why not? So went about it. And we couldn't find a Cantonese-speaking priest, really, uh, throughout the country. Well, they are one, Father uh, Canon Lee Kafai in Nottingham, but he's a parish priest, very busy, quite old as well. And then there's a Mandarin-speaking priest, Father Joseph Liang, in London, belonging to the um, Westminster Archdiocese. But he's one, and we are plenty, many. Mm-hmm. Uh, we thought about it, and then luck would have it. Uh, and I seem to recall that we had a, a citizen priest in Father John. Of course. I knew him before when he first was ordained. I met him in Olam. I thought he was from Vietnam. He definitely. That's another story. I thought about it, and then one day I bumped into him in Tesco in Fulbon. <laughs> I said, hello, Father John. He said, hello, Dominic. I don't know how he remembered me, but anyway, after so many years, he went away to Peterborough for 14 years. And I said, would you fancy saying Mass in Cantonese? He said, oh, no, 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 no. Oh. The way he says it, no, 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 no. Yes, no, no, I can no. hear him. And I said, I can't let it die like that. So I went to his Mass at 9.30. Oh, Our Lady of Lords. Yeah, yeah wonderful. Twice. I said to him again, he said, no. And I went again, third time. Third time lucky, as they say. 
And he said, let's try. Because I told him about the Station of the Cross, mm. said in Cantonese, thing about um, reading in Cantonese at 4.30 Mars, you know, with your help, Di, and with the help of... You asked me Alice. three times, I have to say. I You're know. tenacious, if nothing I else. I know, I know. And, You're good, um, though. We sat down and think about how we go about it. He said, I don't know anything. I don't read, I don't speak Cantonese. I said, it doesn't matter. I was just remembering when I was young, how, did, how was I baptised? Who baptised me? An Italian father. Did he read Chinese? He didn't. Did Good. he say Mass in Cantonese? He didn't. All he said was Latin. And it worked. And yet we believed. Of course, how lovely. So I sat him down, we thought about it, and luckily amongst the community, I call it a community now, it's a very loose term, um, there are two ladies. One of them, Cecilia, I hope she won't mind if I mention her name, was a full-time catechist in one of the parishes in Hong Kong. Mm -hmm. Oh, really? Another one was a teacher in a Catholic school, and in their parish they are very active in literature and music. And then we found there was a a choir uh, member, I've, I then found there was a, a keyboard player, I then found there was an organist, and then I found, and so on and so forth. So A small army. Absolutely. In fact, I think amongst those uh, 25, 26 families, obviously multiplied by three is about 70-odd people, uh, there were lots and lots of talents. Amazing. I've, I've certainly seen some of them. So I sat Father John down and we went through the Mass in Cantonese from top to bottom in the name of the Father in Cantonese, top to bottom. Now I mean top to bottom. If you do an ordinary day, weekday Mass is easy. You don't have to do the Gloria. You don't have to do the Credo. You don't have to have a long, mostly long Gospel reading. Mm. You don't need mm. to do yeah, a yeah. homily. And he does all of that in Cantonese. I was there at that mass. It's uh, July the 9th, I vividly remember Martyr it. of China. Mm -hmm. And we sang the Te Deum in the end in Cantonese. It was fabulous. Uh, it's a lot of hard work on his part because he's very busy. He can't sit still. It's just like me. He doesn't sit still. But between all of these people helping... We have now, what have we done? From April the 7th to now, Father John has said five Mass himself. He would have said six had he not gone back to Vietnam to uh, visit his dying father. Oh, right. We had another priest from Hong Kong at the time to take it the slot. Well, so six times in from April the 7th. It's a miracle, and we have to thank God for that. Well... I was there and I thought it was a wonderful Mass. And congratulations, which actually leads me, segue, <laughs> hey, what, into your next song, yes. <laughs> which I love. Yeah. Cliff Richards. Congratulations and celebrations When I tell everyone that you're in love with me Congratulations and jubilations Be happy and contented 
I used to think that happiness hadn't been invented. But that was in the bad old days. So, Dominic, why did you choose this? Well, it just, if you notice, uh, Cliff Richard was very young, 1968, he yeah. sang that, and it didn't win the European Song Contest. Oh, I didn't even know that there was such a thing as a Eurovision Contest. All I did was I liked the song, I liked the wordings. I mean, you do ever do anything that either you succeed or be satisfied with, then there should be a congratulation and celebration. So the, the lyric was telling. And of course, this song was actually a love song, but it doesn't really matter because we could use that love song in the context of love God. That's, and, that's great, Dominic. Unforgettable, always wonderful, Cliff Richards. Sir Cliff Richards. Oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> um, so, have any of Dominic's music choices inspired you this morning? Do you have any personal connections with hymns or worship music? If so, please email us at music at radiomariaengland.uk. We would love to expand our music library and we do need your suggestions. Now, Dominic, I'd love to talk about your forthcoming trip to Hong Kong, but I think we have to go into your final piece of music. But, fine, fine. But no problem. tell us when you're going and then we can go fade out on the final My wife piece. and I are going on the 31st of October for almost a month. Oh, fantastic. Yes, after three and a half years, pandemic and everything. So good. It'll, be, it'll be good. Well, we'll miss you, but I'm sure you'll cause a stir when you get there. I can WhatsApp you. <laughs> oh, I'm sure you will. <laughs> I want you to as well. Let's, well, I know what your final piece of music is. You introduce it. Your shout. Um, it's from The Sound of Music. Uh, it's Climb Every Mountain. Oh, good. I think it is actually very important to remember that in Cambridge there's no hill, never mind about mountain, but there are metaphoric ones that you have to go up and see mm -hmm. quite further and far away and then you can perhaps come down or rolling down even. It's a wonderful, wonderful yeah. concept. And you have done that. You've climbed mountains and seen seen vistas and created Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Dominic, for joining Thank you us this very morning. Much indeed, everybody. Bye bye. Bye. That's uh, Climb Every Mountain from the musical by Richard Rogers. Here it is.
Songs of the Wilderness can be heard on podcast on Spotify, Apple Play, Google Play and iTunes. Just search Songs in the Wilderness. To find out more about our schedule of Radio Maria, please visit radiomariaengland.uk. You can also find out information on our Facebook page and our Instagram page. Like and share and leave a review as well. That'll help spread the news about Radio Maria and the good news you've heard today.